one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Oh, another warm day here. Not really another warm day. First warm day of a while here in Boston. This is, of course, Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. Jess Thomas, Jared Skelly, you know the drill by now. Uh, don't forget, this show is brought to you by our new friends at Reached. Reach app um, is a great service. You ask daily questions all over CLNS. So if you go to www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS, you can sign up and follow us on there, and you can answer all the questions. You'll get notification when we post new questions. It's a great service. We use it all the time. I believe I asked a question yesterday. I Jess, I forget what my question was. Do you remember? Um, no, I don't. Um, I'll, I'll figure it out. But there, it was bad. a great question. It's pretty bad that I don't remember the question I asked yesterday. But, um, yeah, so go on and check it out. It's great stuff. Um, Jess, it's hot out today. Yeah, it's going to be like this for a while now. we got upper 70s the next couple of days, and then low to mid 80s, and then some more 70s. It's, it's finally turning into summer. <laughs> it's about right. I mean, it's May. It's fair. Um, so summer's here, weather-wise anyway. Officially, it's still spring, of course. Um, Red Sox, other hand, have been struggling as of late. We'll get to that in a uh, week. You know your question was? Half. What was my question? Will the Red Sox avoid a sweep against the Yankees? <laughs> oh, right. I asked that before the game Speaking started. I answered no. I was right. Uh, we'll get to the weekly recap, of course, like we always do. Give, give you a heads up on what's coming up next week. Get to some Red Sox news, some opinionated stuff. I'm very opinionated, as you all might have noticed. So I can get to that stuff. Of course, we'll give you some fantasy pickups. But first, Jess, let's start with some MLB headlines because there are a few. There are only a few this week, but I'm still going to give them. Uh, so first, the Milwaukee Brewers, big one, but this is the big one. The Milwaukee Brewers have fired their manager, Ron uh, Ronicki. Is that how you say it? I don't even know. It's Renicki. Renicki, I don't know. I'm not a Brewers fan. Ron Renicki, Sunday night after starting the season 7 and 18 for some majors. Uh, they have named Craig Council as the new manager. It's big news out of Milwaukee, because it usually doesn't happen this often. So uh, you got to be doing something wrong to get fired today. Uh, next, the Astros squeaked by the Mariners Sunday and now have won 10 games in a row. And they do hold the league's best record. Who would have done? Who would have thunk it? Those lowly, lowly Houston Astros uh, leading the league in wins with 10 in a row now. Uh, and finally, Hugh Darvish is out of a brace and is also pondering getting his U.S. citizenship. So there's some news to look out for there. Uh, so those are your MLB headlines. Quick to the point. Big one, obviously, the Brewers firing their manager before right into May, really. Last night, Sunday Night Baseball announced it. It kind of happened. Um, Jess, what, what's going on in Milwaukee, my friend? Well, they're terrible. <laughs> well, that <laughs> I mean, besides that, like, it's kind of quick, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think there's enough chance. If they play 25 games, that's really, I mean, think about the season. It's 162 games. We're talking about 25 games, and you're already, you're already canning the manager. What, what if the manager won? They went on a six or seven game winning streak. Then all of a sudden you're just a couple of games under 500 and basically even with a lot of teams in the league. Then you're going to fire a manager. I, I don't like manager firings because I feel like they always happen too fast. I think it's always pinned on the manager, which I think a lot of the time is unfair. And I guess there's nothing else they can really do. But I think it's too soon. I think it happens too often. 95% of the time it is the player's fault because they just suck. But you can't fire a whole team. You can't trade away a whole team at once. So you got to blame it on someone. Yeah, unfortunately, that's how it works, but clearly they're not producing, so they'll see if Craig Council can make a difference. He's young, but he was a good player. He had the weirdest batting stance in the history of the MLB. It really the, did. It was awkward he, to watch. So It was so weird. He put his arms like yeah. like five feet above his head and like twisted his body around, and it was very very odd. Oh, yeah. So we'll see when he's a manager. We'll see if he does any weird things in the dugout. 
I'm sure he will. Maybe he'll like <laughs> practice. He'll he'll like reenact his old batting stance. Maybe he'll pop. Maybe he'll pop up seeing Altuve recreate his now his new manager's uh, batting stance or something at the plate. Who knows? Plenty of stuff going on for the Milwaukee Brewers. That'd be really funny if if he was like in the dugout teaching guys to. <laughs> hey guys, so I did this. Put my hands way up here, and you you get out there and you do the same thing. All right, then <laughs> this is what works. I promise. And they win like ten games in a row. And it's like, see, told you, told you. Yeah, I got it. See, it's all in the batting stance, boys. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, man, the Astros, unbelievable. Ten straight games, eighteen and seven. They were a ninety-two loss team last year, and now they're the best team in the major leagues. Who saw that coming? No one. They they were terrible last year. They've been terrible. I mean, they've been terrible before they switched to the AL, but they've been just as bad um, even before that. It's just been awful, and it's amazing what they're. I'm okay with it. It's nice to see a new team out of, come out of the gate strong, but it's just awful. Though. It's just crazy to see this happening. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, they they weren't terrible last year because everyone was comparing their season last year to their previous seasons where they were losing like upper nineties, hundred games, and they only lost ninety two, which means they got seventy wins, which isn't as bad as. 50s and 60s, still not great, but I think they they keep they keep rising every year. And with the 70 wins last year, now they already have 18, and it's barely May. I think things are maybe finally looking up for the Astros. Who's been the spark on that team, Jess? Not to me to throw you under the bus here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you because we're we're in the middle of it. Um, who, who's been the spark for that team? Who do you think? Well, I assume Altuve. Have to assume, right? But I don't know for sure. Um, but I can I can look pretty easily here figure out who stupid ad uh yeah well I'll do I'll two base hitting 361 that'll that'll help you well, out. there's your there's your spark so I wasn't I wasn't kidding it's him and also uh their center fielder Jake Marisnik is hitting 382 I, yeah. I saw a couple people just pick him up in fantasy so he's definitely on the map too but it's funny because they have two guys hitting under 200 and one hitting 204 and one hitting two fifteen, and they're still eighteen and seven. So can you crazy. can you say pitching? <laughs> yeah, right. It's a funny how that it's funny how that works, Jess. You have good pitching and you win. If not, you lose. It's weird <laughs> how that works. Wait, did we, are we seeing that somewhere? Or, I, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Kind of kind of blew my mind there. It's I, I'm not sure who it is, but it seems like we've heard that before. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're far fetched. We'll have to pick that up later and see if we can figure out what yeah. that was. Well, well, I'll dig into it. Do a little research. Yeah. <laughs> Get my Google on. Yeah, get your Google on. But yeah, the Astros—they just swept the Mariners. That was their—that was their most recent triumph. They won seven to six, uh, eleven to four, and four to three. So three pretty solid wins there. And then the rest of their winning streak—sorry, they swept Seattle in four games. Three to two was the finally the final the final uh, game of that. It was the first one. I was going backwards. Yeah. yeah. And then they also swept. Stop going backwards, Jess. Be right. Okay. They swept the Padres in order. Nine to four win, fourteen to three win, and seven to two win. Their offense is really kicking in those in that series. Then they also swept the Oakland A's, five to four, nine to three, and seven to six. Those are a little closer games. And there you have it right there, your ten game winning streak. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Love it. I hope it continues. I really do. Yeah. No kidding. It's fun to watch. It's it's always fun to have new teams. No fun to have the same old boring teams, but really with baseball. It usually is different teams. It's not it's not as predictable as, as other sports where teams win the same thing every year, which I hate to say. Like basically, the NBA is, is where that happens the most. And oh yeah, baseball does not happen that way. There's always different nope. teams. Different teams win in the championship. Different teams in the playoffs. And I think that's how it should be. It's more fun that way. I agree. It's not the NBA for sure. Definitely not the NBA. <laughs> and you, Darvish. Uh, I mean, we 
obviously talked about him in the headlines when he had his Tommy John surgery. So now we're just updating you with out of the brace, and uh, he has a lot of time to think because he's not playing clearly for the whole year, so he's pondering U.S. citizenship. The, the article I read on Yahoo said that uh, Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins just got U.S. citizenship, so now maybe he spurred Darvish on to uh, want to do the same thing. So that's I like when players do that. I really do. Yeah, it's like, why not? You're playing here, you're here, so might as well be a citizen. It also gives you a fun fact at any cocktail or party you go to because then you can say you're a dual citizen right that's always fun it's always a great fun fact i was told random fact here random random tidbit i was told that i could actually obtain dual citizenship in italy really because my grandparents are from there so i was told that i could do that if i wanted to wow so i'm considering it because it'd be kind of cool sounds pretty fun yeah but um no it's good for him though because i mean it's it's kind of cool to see like it was fun watching manny Go through his debacle and run out of Fenway when he got his citizenship here in the U.S. Ran out of flag. Fenway with the mini flag. Yeah. Ran, out of, ran out of the wall with the mini mini uh, U.S. flag. It was great. Yeah, that was fun. It's um, it's fun to watch. I really do. I think it's cool that they get their U.S. Uh, citizenships when they do, and I think it's cool. And I hope he does it. It'd be kind of a nice little tidbit. Yeah. So hopefully, get citizenship, comes back, and actually finally pitches sometime ever. <laughs> It'd be cool. All right. Well, that's it. That, that's all Jess has to say, I think, about these uh, lovely MLB headlines here. So those are your MLB headlines, and they're brought to you by Lynda.com. Lynda.com. Go on and get your free 10-day trial. Go to www.lynda.com backslash CLNS. Get your free 10-day trial. 4,500 different courses on there, uh, if not more now. Uh, taught by experts. You can learn anything of, anything you can think of. It's most likely on there. So go on and check it out. You get your free 10-day trial today. Of course, MLB headlines, again, brought to you by Lynda.com. All right, Jess, um, we're going to get to the weekly recap here because it's a lot to talk about. Um, My favorite. Going into uh, – you, you love talking stats and recapping games, so we're gonna let, I'm going to let you do that. Um, so why don't you just take it then? If you want to do it so badly, just go ahead and start it. All right, I'll start it. We'll go back to the beginning of the week first. The beginning of the week started First, with, hold on. Okay. Actually, Jess, let me, um, okay. let, me, let me set you up here. Okay, set me up. Going into the week, Jess predicted a – Two out of three winning against Toronto, right? Yep. And you, you predict we're going to sweep the Yankees. Correct. And I predicted you're going to lose two of three to Toronto. No, I predicted yeah. you're going to win two out of three at Toronto and get swept by the Yankees. Right? Is that right? Definitely not. No. <laughs> what did I predict? I don't, I, know, I don't remember what I picked. Do you remember? I'm pretty sure you said lose two out of three to Toronto and win two out of three against New York. I could, that makes, I think that, that I, I could be right. crazy, but I think that's what you said. That's not, we'll go with that. So, okay, so now recap and tell me what happened. Make, let me know if we're right. Here. Okay, well, I was right about the Toronto series. The Red Sox did win two out of three in that series. They had a nice mm-hmm. close game on, on Monday, last Monday, a 6-5 to five win. It was The game was actually happening while we were doing our show last week, and it was. the Red Sox were down pretty much the whole time we were doing the show, and then they squeaked out a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth, came back and won 6-5 to five in that game. It was a Hanley Ramirez sack fly to tie in the eighth, and a Mookie Betts walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth to send the Red Sox home happy and the Fenway crowd home happy. Start the, the uh, home home standoff right. They won that game, improved to 11 and nine. Uh, some highlights in that game was a Pablo Sandoval home run, and he was two for two with three RBI. And Mookie Betts had three hits as well, including the game winner. So they were your two. Panda. Panda. They were your two guys in that, in that game. Uh, Joe Kelly got a no decision, but he pitched six innings, gave up five runs, but he did strike out ten, which is a good sign. It is a good sign. So that was game one. 
Uh, game two was pretty insane. The uh, final score was 11-8 to in favor of Toronto. That was a, a long game with a lot, a lot of runs and a lot, a lot of hits. 19 runs, 30 hits total combined. You know, do you have the, the game time in front of you for that one? I don't remember. It was kind of long. Was I do. It? it was four hours and one minute. Oof, I thought it was four hours. <laughs> I, I could have sworn I heard four hours. That was crazy. It was insane. So some highlights in that game were the Red Sox got up 4 nothing actually in the second inning. It was like, okay, this is great. We already won last game. Got up 4 nothing, And then Mr. Clay Buckholtz came in and gave up a nice fat five runs in the next half inning in the top of the third to make, Typical. To make it 5-4. to four. Yeah, everyone was all over him about that. And oh, I was in, I was not included. Don't you worry. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was too because that's what he does. He's inconsistent. He gives up runs, and he's terrible at holding leads. So, it was five to four. Four of the five runs in the inning were RBI singles. Can't, can't let that happen. Too many hits. So if that wasn't bad enough. He moved moved along to the next inning. In the top of the fourth, gave up three more runs, and all of a sudden it was eight to four, and not looking so good for the Red Sox. They tried to hang around. They got runs here and there. Uh, Hanley Ramirez cranked a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth, but it was not enough. Toronto won eleven to eight. Buckles gave up five runs, four earned, six hits, and two and two-thirds innings. Another long, long day for the bullpen, and they were not much better. Yeah, it was rough, and the pitching's bad, and we all know that. So, all right. So that was all I got to say. That's all I got to say to that one. It was just all pitching. Yeah, it's a pretty rough game. Then game three, I went to that game, so I'll be happy to talk about that. And it was a great game. Red Sox won 4-1 to one behind a very, very strong outing by Rick Porcello, which is exactly what the Red Sox needed after Buckles' stinker. Yep. Boston won 4-1. to one. They got... Uh, Toronto got ahead, one nothing in the second inning, and then Ortiz got an RBI single. Hanley Ramirez hit another home run. That was his 10th of the season and 10th of the month to tie David Ortiz for the most home runs in a single month. Now he just needs a bigger helmet. Yeah, he needs to get a helmet that fits. (laughs) I'm sick of I'm sick of seeing it fall off. To be completely honest, well, it's so funny. I was there and he hit it, and then I was like, "How much you want to bet he doesn't have his helmet on?" They show him the jumbo trying running around, his helmet's off. I was like, "Yeah, of course." (laughs) <laughs> Always off. Always off. But that was all the Red Sox needed. Gave him a 3-1 lead, and Rick Porcello was shut down from there. He don't believe he even gave up a hit between the third and seventh inning, and all of a sudden it was uh, a really low-scoring game after a couple of runs early, and the Red Sox won 4-1. to one. Porcello's final line was seven innings, two hits, one run, two walks, six Ks, which was perfect. Bullpen only had to pitch two innings, and Koji got the save. And, it's a good start. And the Sox, it was a good start for Porcello. Yeah, it was very good. And it made the Red Sox win two out of three, which was a great start to the, to the homestand. So all was well. My prediction was right. It was all great. They had a day off on Thursday. And then May started. And May, and May, May they should have so stayed good. in April. Yeah. <laughs> they should have stayed in April. They finished April with a 12-10 and 10 record, which isn't great, but it's not it's not horrible either. They were had them a game back of the Yankees for first going into the Yankee series in May. So. You're right, 12 and 10. It wasn't awful. They were 13 and 9. So we headed into April. I mean, we headed into May, out of April. <laughs> no, again, stay in April. Yeah, I'm cool. We need to stay in April. So Friday happened, May 1st, and that was a good game. It was close throughout. It was a one-run game or tie the entire game. Mm-hmm. Alan Craig had his first home run of the year, which is obviously good to see because it would be nice for him to do anything. So he did He did do something. <laughs> he hasn't done much other than that, but he did He did hit a home run, and it did give the Red Sox a 2-1 to lead at the time. But that wouldn't hold because the Yankees tied it at 2 in the 7th. And then our best friend, 
Mr. Alex Rodriguez came up in the eighth inning, pinch hitting, didn't even start the game. I'm sure to everyone's dismay who was at the game who wanted to boo the heck out of him the entire time. Boo! Boo! <laughs> who called it, though? I did. And what did A-Rod do? He came up and hit a home run off Junichi Tozawa, gave the Yankees a 3-2 to lead, hit his 660th with Ty Willie Mays. Of course he did it in Fenway Park. Of course he gave him the lead. Told you. It's terrible. I, what did I say? It was set up perfectly for him to make history at Fenway Park. I was kind of hoping I'd be even more right and that he would pass Willie Mays at Fenway. To not, I mean, because honestly, I love when he succeeds because I love watching everyone freak out about it. Well, I'd prefer he just gets hurt right now and never hits another home run and Mays can Say he's still in fourth. Hey, <laughs> Rod, if you're listening, Jess, Jess's reaction to your home run. Boo! Get hurt. Boo! Yeah, boo! So, unfortunately, that was that game. Tozawa got the loss, and the Yankees won game one. That was a tough Let's game. Let's stay in that game for a second, Jess. Yeah. What do you think of the kid not giving the ball back to A-Rod? That was pretty funny. I saw he was a financial advisor, and he wanted to get something for the ball, and I mean... Well, A-Rod wants his money, so I guess if that guy wants his money, then if he caught the ball, A-Rod's such a scumbag, I say he does what he, does what he wants. <laughs> I would have, I honestly, I would have kept it too. <laughs> I would have been like, he doesn't deserve this ball, so I'm not giving it back to him. So you take it, don't give it to him, and then give it to somebody else or or whatever, because if you don't want it either, I, I, don't, want, I, don't, I don't want A-Rod's balls. <laughs> Basically. They're all juiced up anyway. <laughs> In every way. So... Yeah, that was that game. 3-2 Yankees win. Bad start to the Yankee series, unfortunately, because that was a big game. I mean, the Red Sox were up 2-1, to one, and if they could have won that, it would have been 3 out of 4. They would have been tied atop the division. I know it's only May, so it's not like it's the hugest deal in the world, but it hurt because it was a good, a good solid game and a, a good pitching performance by, by uh, Masterson in that game. He gave up two runs in six innings, which is pretty good for him. I'll take that, I'll take that any day of the week from Masterson. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. That put the Red Sox at two and two on the homestand. Then Saturday came along, another close game, another loss. It was a four-two Yankees win. Basically, the whole game was Brett Gardner. He had three of the four RBI for the Yankees. Just torched them all game long. He was two for four with three RBI, and that was the big thing for the Yankees. The big thing for the Red Sox in that game was Blake Swihart made his major league debut because I should have mentioned Ryan Hannigan got a fractured knuckle off a foul off a uh, hit by pitcher Mark Teixeira that hit his wrist came back and hit Hannigan in the hand and what a weird play that was oh and like what are the odds of that happening hits his hand hits his wrist and then comes uh, caroms off perfectly right to Hannigan's bare right hand just sitting there oh. yeah, with enough force to do some damage right so Hannigan's on the 60-day DL, so that's two catchers out for a long time for the Red Sox, and they brought up Swihart. We're going to cover that in a little bit more in depth. What a weak what a MLB hit, first hit in MLB. What a weak hit. David, good speed, though, and good speed for a catcher is important. It is. I agree. I was impressed to see him get down the line because most catchers are very slow. I know he's young, but he was he was quick. He hit it to second base, and uh, Petit couldn't get it out of his glove, and Swihart just made his way to first and beat out the throw. Uh, he was one for three with a run and a walk. He got on base twice, which is excellent. So everything was good. I mean, Swihart got his major league debut. He got his hit. Wade Miley actually pitched a pretty solid game, I would say. Seven innings, seven hits, three runs. Unfortunately, he gave up a two-run double to, to Gardner that made it three to one in the fifth inning. And if he could have gotten out of that jam, it would have been very beneficial because the Red Sox could never get to the three-run mark that they needed to get to. 
and they lost four to two. So now all of a sudden you're looking at a at two losses in a row and a, a possible sweep with Sunday night baseball coming up. I don't know if you have anything to say about this game. It was pretty much what I said. <laughs> yeah, no, you can keep going. I, I, it, it, they sucked. That's what I'm getting at. Justin Pedroia had a home run. That was that was good to see. He's got five now, which is awesome because he only had seven half all a, last year. Half a Hanley. Half a Hanley. Yeah, no kidding. That's all you can ask for from Pedroia. He's obviously not a home run hitter, so you can hit five. No, he's that's getting excellent. some pop back, though. That's for sure. It's showing he's healthy. Exactly. So that was two losses in a row, and then we got two game three of the series, which happened just last night, Sunday Night Baseball, and started off very bad. Joe Kelly was pitching, trying to, trying to get a better outing the last time where he gave up the five runs. Did the ten strikeouts, as I said, but unfortunately, he gave up five runs in four and two-thirds innings. Not nearly as many strikeouts, was not as effective. It got the Red Sox in quite a hole to start the game. A two-run homer by Mark Teixeira in the first was already two to nothing, and then two innings later, Two RBI double for Brian McCann, RBI double for Carlos Beltran, and it was 5 nothing, and then a couple innings of nothing, and then Brett Gardner hit a three-run homer in the sixth, which was not off Kelly, but he'd already done his damage. That was off Breslow, and all of a sudden, it was 8 nothing in the sixth inning. Looked pretty hopeless. Red Sox gave it a little go. They got five runs in the sixth inning. David Ortiz, RBI double. Pablo Sandoval, RBI double. And Mike Napoli finally did something, hit a three-run homer, made it 8-5. That was all the Red Sox could do. They had one last gasp in the ninth inning against Andrew Miller, of all people, who's been fantastic. We'll we'll get to him as well. But he walked two guys in the ninth inning, loaded the bases up for David Ortiz with two outs, and he hit a fly ball to center field. It was caught. I'm sure everyone there wanted it to be a grand slam or at least an extra base hit, but it wasn't. And eight nothing leads are hard to come back from. And there was your sweep, eight to five. Red Sox false down, hope, yes. thirteen false hope. They made me stay up last night. I know. I, it, it was eight, if it was just 8-1, I would have gone to bed earlier. I wouldn't be so tired today. But no, 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 no. They had to hit the, Napoli had to hit the home run. God, I mean, I love it. He's finally hit. But, I, I, oh, God, it was awful. Um, back to the Friday game for a second, Jess. Yeah. You, the guy who, you, did you see the guy who caught the ball? You know how I told you? He, yeah. he, obviously, he didn't give it up. Did you see that he made a Twitter? No, I didn't. He made a Twitter, and it's at A-Rod's-660-HR-Ball. And he wants to know what he, you guys think he should do with it. And I hate to give this guy this kind of press. I don't, but like, it's kind of weird that he did it in the first place. But like, I'm scrolling through it here, and like, he said, oh, I really enjoyed talking with ESPN Detroit today. I'll, I, what do you think Jimmy Kimball would do? Maybe I'll give it to him and see what he thinks. Like, he's getting his 15 minutes with this, and that, that's got to be a big reason why he took that ball. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, I, I'm not able, I'm not finding the Twitter. I want to see it. It sounds funny. It is at A Rods. Six 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 sixty, HR ball. Okay. And it should be like Mike Schuster with a picture of the kid with the ball, and he's wearing a Red Sox yep, hat. Found it. Yeah. What would you it's do? If really you the ball? <laughs> com- comical. Like he made a Twitter just for this, and I, I thought I heard about it earlier when I was listening to Felger Mass here in Boston on the Sports Hub, and he called in, and they didn't know if they believed if it was him or not, but called in and brought this Twitter up. So I looked up, I looked into it, and it's what it said. He, it, it's actually him. He's been talking. He's been talking around. Yeah, I see his stuff. It's, that's pretty funny. Good for him for getting creative with it. I know, right? He didn't just give it up. I wouldn't have given up. God, no. Um, if he's going to give it up, might as well get something out of it, more than just a couple souvenirs. Right. But, yeah, so overall, I just wanted to throw that out there and see if you heard of funny. it. Um, but, yeah, so overall, Jess, 2-4 and four this week. Um, got oh, swept brutally by the Yanks. Uh, now they're in, like, next to last place because the division's so close. Um, 
who do you have? I know it was kind of an abysmal week, especially ending the way it did. But who do you who do you have as your MVP? I have one guy in mind. I think you might share the same opinion. I totally. But who do you, <laughs> but who do you have as your MVP? Yeah, you got to go. You got to go, Pablo Sandoval, like you did. Oh, the panda! Yeah, insane week, and it's great to see him hitting the ball well because he had a little rough start, and you were saying don't worry about it, and I I jumped on board with you and said don't worry about it, and nothing to worry about. <laughs> no, okay, so, tell, there's a little, little bit to worry about. It's a little bit to worry about because he can't hit right-handed. True. He's hitting sub-200 right-handed, but total batting average this season, enough not this season, last week, this past week, 11 for 23. So that sounds, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. 478 this week, four RBIs, a home, he has a four, also identical 478 OBP. He had five hits in the Yankees series. Kid is raking. He had four and hits fi- in one game against Toronto, the 11-day loss, four for five. Yes. I mean, granted, everyone hit that game, but... Uh, um, Look, he's coming around. This is what they signed him for. Obviously, he's been great. He's been great defensively despite the lack of a production at the plate at the beginning of the season. But now he's doing both. And hitting 478 this last week despite the uh, – I almost said the Celtics. Despite the Red Sox <laughs> not doing so – don't know why. Not doing so well. Um, he's, he's been the bright spot this week, I think, Jess. And obviously, you had some great starts in there, you said, like with Wade Miley and Joe Kelly getting some quality starts. Porcello had a good, decent start in there as well. Um, you're getting some starts now, and now the offense needs to keep producing. And it's hard to bail yourself out of an eight-one hole on on national TV. And they almost did it, but um, I, I definitely think Panda's the bright spot with hitting four seventy-eight in a week. I don't know if you can ever replace that as being an MVP. Yeah, I mean he's hitting three twenty-six for the whole season now, even with his sub two hundred batting average against lefties, which makes the three twenty-six even more impressive. He's really, I mean, he's he's really hitting well now, and that's the great thing about the early part of the season is if you do have a rough start, he didn't have a rough start, but he didn't hit anything besides singles. But even if you have a rough start, you have a couple of good weeks, and all of a sudden you're back in the 300 range, and everyone's saying you're good again. That's that's the good thing about having few at-bats, is that things change fast. All right, Jeff, so we we know what happened this week. We got swept by the Yanks. They're in first place now, what, 16-9, I believe yep. their record is. Um what's going on with these Yankees, Jess? I know we don't want to talk too much about the Yankees because we are, of course, the Red Sox Nation podcast here. But we should. We should because they're coming out of nowhere. We all, I picked them to be dead last. You picked them to be next to dead last in this division. Everyone thought they're too old. There were too many ifs in this, in this rotation and this bullpen. And Now, what's, what's going on with this team, Jess? I mean, is it Andrew Miller? I mean, obviously him and, um, him and the rest of the bullpen are being successful, and he's being great for them in the closing role. Um, I think it is Andrew Miller, and I wrote in our prep, show sheet just all capitals yes like huge amounts of s's at the end of the s like of course it's andrew miller he's the backbone of that bullpen he's get he's basically giving you what the royals had last year as in a guaranteed shutdown back of the bullpen and i think he's a big reason why they're winning these games especially the close ones um but this this team's raking a rod's being a decent contributor there as well i think it's all kind of together but jess what's going on yeah i mean really if you look at it it's definitely the pitching you would think you would think it would be the the hitting with guys like Teixeira and Ellsbury and Gardner's having a good season, A-Rod, McCann, and those guys are doing good, but a lot of their wins have been low-scoring wins, like the 4-2, the 3-2 games against the Red Sox, and that's because you know you're going to get a save with Miller in the end, and then Dylan Batances in the eighth inning is nasty. He hasn't even got a run yet. I told everyone last week to get him in fantasy. I'm definitely sticking to that. He's 3-0 and with a 0 ERA, 25 Ks, and 8 walks. He struck out all four batters against the Red Sox on Saturday. Looked fantastic. He's got nasty stuff. I hate saying this about Yankees players, but he's very good. And Andrew Miller's obviously very very good, too. He already has uh, 23 strikeouts, only 6 walks, and he is perfect 
in save department, he's 10 for 10. He's just He comes in, he pitches his inning, he gets a save, just like a closer's supposed to do. So with those two guys at the back of the bullpen, and then they have uh, Justin Wilson and Chris Martin in the middle of it, and Wilson's, they're both doing really well. Martin has a 238 ERA and 13 strikeouts, and Justin Wilson has a 324 with nine strikeouts. They're a good lefty-righty combo. And then if they can just get enough innings out of their starters, I mean, Eovaldi's been been decent. Adam Warren's had some good starts. CC Sabathia is 0-4, but he's, I mean, they got the win in his outing against the Red Sox. Uh, Michael Pineda's 3-0, and so it's really, what I'm seeing with them is it's good pitching, and they're just getting just enough offense to supplement the pitching, and there's your 16-9 record. You know what it is, Jess? Those ifs. All those ifs they had are being answered. Yep. That's They had probably, I think, and this is me being completely biased, I think they had the most ifs going into the season out of everyone in the division. I really do. Because you think about, besides obviously, I don't know about the Rays though, because they're just kind of, they're meant to have the ifs because they're rebuilding at this point, but Red Sox really only had the pitching. Uh, well, um, Orioles really didn't have too many concerns. They were just wondering if they could be consistent like they were last year. The Blue Jays are the biggest if they've always had is simply just can they sustain it for an entire season. Right. And then the Yankees had age, bullpen, offense, A Rod. They had so many ifs that how could you pick them to do this well? And every if is basically panning out in a good side for them. And the biggest one for me was how they're going to handle the A-Rod situation, and they're handling it perfectly. Yeah, they they're, they, um, they're, they're, they're playing him. They're letting him DH. He's hitting pretty well. Um, obviously, the stress of having to, worrying about this home run record is probably making his average drop a little bit because he was hitting pretty well at the beginning of the yeah, year. Yeah, he's going way down. But I think once he breaks it, I think once he hits one more, he'll be fine. Um, but... It's, I think that was the biggest if, and they, it hasn't been too much in the news. I've forgotten about A-Rod here and there until the home run stuff's come back up. So I think they're doing well, and that was the biggest if for me. Yeah, I mean, it's everything's worked out. They, I mean, you, you, you everyone was wondering how Miller was going to do, because obviously he had a great year last year, but over his whole career, really, he hasn't been that good. But he's getting better recently, and obviously he's figured out how to pitch very well, and that has not changed with the Yankees, so that was... That was secure, and Batanzas being really good. They were hoping he would continue to be good after last year, and he's done that. And then a couple of bullpen pieces around him, like I said, and hoping that the starters do well enough, and they haven't done fantastic, but they've done well enough to get the record they have, and, and uh, they're like the sixth or seventh best team in the majors now. So I agree. It's weird to say all this, it's but crazy. It's, it's, it's what's happening. It's very true. All right, we can move on from the Yankees, because the Yankees are stupid. We'll hope it turns around uh, for them, and hope, hope they go downhill. But for now, they're pitching really well. They are playing well. Um Someone who's not playing very well, Jess, is uh, good old Daniel Nava. Um, 146 average, and he got no hits in the playing time this week. Has a 217 OBP. Jess, I think it's time to give up on this dude. See, I don't know with him because he always he's he's this solid contributor, and he's been here for a little while now, and he took so long to get to the majors. And sometimes he'll have rough stretches, and sometimes he'll get really good. But the problem right now is he doesn't have a lot of playing time, and when he does hit the playing time currently, he hasn't gotten hits. So then everyone automatically wants to get rid of him because like we have enough outfielders and he's not producing right now. But he's had some, he's had some moments in past seasons where he's been really, really hot. And I I don't know. I think it might... might I'd go either way with it because obviously he's kind of an expendable guy because he did take so long to get to the majors and he hasn't done... He has, He's not like a premier hitter or like one of the best players in the team or any stuff like that. But... He's, so he's easy to get rid of, but I don't know. I just I hesitate to get rid of him because I know he has good potential, and I wanted to stick with a major league team. Maybe it's not us. I but. think they 
I think it's the problem for me is just you got to play Brock Holt. He's playing so well, and you have a guy now who hasn't got a hit in God knows how long. It's just you got you got to sit there and say, okay, Brock Holt's the one that's competing and playing well. Put him in there right field. I, know, I think at this point, Jess, you really are missing Shane Victorino, as much as I hate to say it. Um, but you are, and he's, he's lacking your depth, and I understand that. But you also need to play Brock Holt more. I think he needs to be your right fielder for now. Him um, succeeding is what has was driven you guys as a Red Sox team to wins, and I think that he needs to play more. What's the problem with, with when you don't get playing time and then when you do, you don't play well, just like the Alan Craig situation. Same with Nava. You play a little bit, you don't get hits, and then you have someone like Brock Holt hitting three fifty. Well, obviously you're going to play Holt. It's just, it's just what it is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. It's stupid. Um, I think you're still having issues, issues trying to figure out who's going to play and who's not going to play, and it's just a matter of you've got to figure it out. You gotta just decide who's gonna who's gonna be your guy and go forward with it. Um, and the Alan Craig situation is difficult. I think Alan Craig should be in there more often. I think he's just lacking reps. Um, Daniel Navas just sucks at this point. Um, I think you've seen everything out of him. I think he's peaked already. I think in his career. Um, well, he is. Like, I think like thirty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Alan Craig can get back actually. to. I think yeah. Alan Craig can get back to where he was, winning All Star bids and in St. Louis. But the problem was back then he was the everyday first baseman. So it's a matter of you got to get him those reps, and what he, you have to consider maybe um, at keeping him and then getting those reps after Napoli next year because Napoli's contract's up, which we'll get to um, after. We're going to talk about this more later, but um, that's an obviously another concern. But the novice situation, I think it's kind of cut, writings on the wall. You got to keep Brock Holt in. Well, it's definitely concerning the, the age, like you said, he's 32 years old, and maybe isn't going to get any better. That that definitely is something to consider when you're trying to figure out who to keep and who to get rid of. Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I really hope that um, I really hope that they they figure this out and Nava kind of either turns it around quickly or he just kind of stops playing because you, I, you need to win. You need to start winning. You need to figure out what offensive lineup is productive enough to get you consistency and he keeps changing it and we keep getting people playing time and days off and I get it's early in the year but John Farrell's got to figure something out and obviously you can put some of that in Farrell too but right now I think the players just need to produce and the bright guys have to play all right we're gonna move on here um just let's do our fantasy segment Sounds let's good. get that let's get that going uh, we're gonna again every week give you our fantasy um fantasy top picks to pick up for the week of course our segment's brought to you by DraftKings um let's first uh let's just I'll go first this week because I think you did it last week. So I'll start off this week. Um, my first guy I want you I want you to pick up, and you might cringe when you hear the name because if you play fantasy baseball at all before, you might not want to get this guy because you know he's kind of up and down. But I would recommend, at least for the short term, picking up Colby Rasmus of the Astros. He's hitting two ninety three um, right now. He's been on a tear the last week. I expect him to fall. I really do. I expect him to not keep this up. But if you need a guy in the short term while someone's potentially on a 15-day DL or someone's not producing for you at the moment, I would go get him. He's, again, solid hitting 293 right now, and I would take advantage of it until he does falter. I know I know the name cringing, but trust me, I would do it for the short term. All right, my first one is oh, another Yankee, unfortunately. But you Loving the Yankees. I'm not loving the Yankees, but they got some, they got some guys and some numbers. Uh, I'm going to say pick up Chris Young, their outfielder. He's had an up-and-down career, but right now he's hitting 313 with six homers and 12 RBI. He hit two homers in the last four games, including one against the Red Sox. And he's just having a, a real good season right now. He's giving you 
he's given you average hits, home runs, and RBI, which is really all you can ask for. And I'm sure he's open in a lot of leagues because he's not a guy that you would think of as someone on a team because he's had a pretty inconsistent career. But right now he's hitting, so if you're looking for right now, go grab Chris Young. Chris Young, good choices. Unfortunately, he's a Yankee, but I do back up Jess's decision there. Uh, my second pick's a pitcher. Um, I know Jess had some issues pitching-wise. He needed to find someone to pick up quickly in his league. Almost got this guy. Um, almost got him. You talked yourself out of it. You had, a, you had maybe one better option, but I, I still like him. Um, I'm going to give you a suggestion here. Dan Heron, uh, currently pitching for the Marlins. Uh, last week, he pitched six innings with a zero ERA. That's right, zero runs. He's uh, finding his own down there in Miami, I think, um, despite the team not playing too well, I think Dan Heron is finally kind of getting back to his uh, top of the league pitching wise, and uh, I think I think he's a good value add. I think he's going to be able to anchor a bottom of your starting pitching rotation there, uh, give you some good starts once a week uh, when your uh, big guns aren't pitching. So I definitely think I and I recommend Dan Heron is a good option there in fantasy, and I think he's got a good value in daily fantasy too, especially on DraftKings. And I think that um, he's going to be low value for now, and I. Keep take advantage of him while you can, but while he's starting before his value continues to rise as well in daily fins. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. He's he's a uh, he's been a good pitcher in his career. He just got to stay healthy. He's had so many so many unhealthy years, and that's the only reason I would I would say he's a risk to pick up. And he's, the reason I didn't pick him up is because I found Aaron Harang, who was pitching pretty well. He's probably taken in a lot of leagues, but I don't sure Heron's not, and he's he is on the rise. So I think I think that's a good pick. Definitely, definitely get him if you need somebody. And I'm going to give you another guy who's kind of an anchor for the bottom of your rotation, just like Heron. His name's Brandon Morrow. He's on the Padres. He's been on a couple different teams in his career, Mariners included, I know. Uh, he is 2-0 for the season, and both of them are the last two starts. He's only given up three runs in the last two starts combined, one and two runs. ZRA is 273 for the year, and he's always been a high strikeout pitcher throughout his career. He's inconsistent, and he gets hurt sometimes, but right now he's he's pitching well, and really can't ask for much more than strikeouts and wins and not many runs. So I say go pick up Brandon Morrow of the San Diego Padres. There you go. There are your fantasy top ads for me and Justice Week again. Colby Rasmus of the Astros and Dan Heron of the Marlins for me. Chris Young of the Evil Empire, New York Yankees, and Brandon Morrow of the Padres for Jess, of course, of course, our fantasy segment is brought to you by DraftKings.com. Have you heard the news? DraftKings.com is crowned its first ever fantasy golf millionaire. Could you be next? DraftKings is America's favorite one-week fantasy golf site where you can win huge prizes every week during every tournament. Just head to DraftKings.com before tee-off on Thursday to pick six golfers and stay under the salary cap. Whether you're an avid fan of the game or just ready to try a new fantasy sport on DraftKings, it lets you experience golf like you've never before, had before by playing to win a life-changing payday. These are the biggest ones, one-week fantasy golf contests anywhere, and only one DraftKings has them. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have discovered DraftKings, and now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code New England to play for free in the $100,000 fantasy golf contest this Thursday. First place takes home ten grand. Enter New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Again, that is DraftKings.com. Great chances to win here with the PGA Championship coming up this week, so go on and check it out and claim your millions today, everyone. Um, again, that is our fantasy segment brought to you by DraftKings.com. Great partner. Glad to be sponsored up with them. Um, all right, Jess, let's move on. 
So, what was I have here? I gotta get my sheet back up. All right, there we go. I want to talk about the Alan Craig situation. We kind of brought it up before we went fantasy here, just, and we kind of, kind of want to go with it because Alan Craig hit a home run the other day. He finally got one, first one of the season, popped it over the monster. Um, Alan Craig looked, looks comfortable at the plate despite not getting his reps. Um, but the real question here was where I want to start this argument in this conversation, Jess, is do you stick with Mike Napoli in his troubles? Yeah, I do. He's He's been a streaky guy in his career, and he's had a lot of bad Aprils, and I think he's healthy. He's, he's uh, Maybe he doesn't feel quite right after his sleep apnea surgery. Maybe he's maybe he's taking him longer to get back in the in the flow of things. But I say you got to give him longer than a month. I mean, he's obviously not hitting well. He's hitting under 200. I believe right now he is at 167. Yeah, two home runs. Yep. And seven RBI. Alan Craig's hitting 135 with one home run and two RBI. So Napoli's still better, but Craig's not too far behind. Craig obviously needs more playing time to get better, but Napoli's still a better pick. And if he gets going, he's more valuable currently than Craig, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem. I, I, I'm with you. I would keep Napoli in. He's shown. He's proven he can play well here. He's just got to get out of his funk. We know he's healthy. He had the sleep apnea surgery, so I think he's just getting back on his feet and playing well. And he, look, he had a great spring, so we know he's got it. So he's just got to kind of produce it. And maybe now with the warmer weather, he'll he'll uh, get his game going again. The Alan Craig situation, Jess, it's just reps for me. I really think it is. I think he's still got the talent. I really do. I'm not ready to give up on Alan Craig yet, like most of Red Sox Nation is. Um, but the biggest thing with reps. So I think at this point, you kind of keep him on track. You just store him. And then at the end of the year, when Napoli, when the season's over, you kind of evaluate where Napoli is. And then if you want to keep him and then maybe get rid of Alan Craig, or you kind of, you bank on maybe Alan Craig being your starting first baseman, getting him those everyday reps and back to where he should be. Um, but until then, I think you kind of have to stay the course of both of them. Napoli's going to produce for you. Napoli's hitting, what, six right now in the lineup on an average night, on a normal night. Um, I think that's a good spot for him now, especially with Panda and Hanley hitting so well. You're you're not going to need to put as much pressure on him. And he, when he's been coming up big every once in a while here, obviously with the three-run home run to make it a game last night on ESPN for Sunday Night Baseball. Um, look, I think Napoli's just, like you said, Jess, he's a streaky player. Um, as much as a lot of fans, Red Sox, are booing him and telling everyone he sucks and he shouldn't play anymore, I, I think you can't, it's too early to do that. It's May. We're sitting here telling you it's too early to fire a manager. It's too early to give up on Mike Napoli, too. And I, I think you're going to have to stick with them on that one. You got it. Got to stick with the guys who've done it in the past. Um, do you want? Okay, I'm going to kind of side cop topic here, Jess. Do you want to keep Alan Craig? I want to see what he's capable of. He was so good before, and I just want to see if he still has that. He's 30 years old. He's not. It's not like he's like 37 or 38. You think he can still produce like that? And I want to see it happen, but it needs to happen soon. And that's where it comes in is if, if they're going to find the playing time for him. Um, I don't like Alan Craig in right field at Fenway, so it's kind of a problem. Uh, you can't. I don't really trust him playing every day in right field there, so that's kind of why Nav and Brock Holt have been playing. Yeah, There's a place on the team for him. That's the problem. And you got to think maybe you got to get – but he's got to get him in because if they do want to get rid of him, he's got to play to show that he can still play. So, well, that's the thing because now if you're, if you're sitting here and it's like the middle of June or even, say, like July 1st, and if he's still hitting like 150 – with like three home runs, like nobody's going to want him and nobody's going to be sold that he could get anywhere near as good as he was before on the wrong side of 30 now. So like, it's, I hate to say like, these are like two of the most important months of his career. Cause that's, that's pretty so true. Though. Dramatic, it's so true. It is, yeah. It's so true. It's so true. Um, 
So we'll leave it at that. I don't want to bring up too much because he really isn't playing much enough to talk to him about him that much. But it kind of factors in because Napoli struggles. But I think you kind of have to stay the course here, Red Sox fans, and see what you get out of Napoli that, uh, leading up to the All-Star break in July. I think that's when you kind of have to evaluate what you got. But um, let's move on here. Obviously, big news for the Red Sox is you're already a depleted position in the catcher situation. Obviously, Vasquez was hurt earlier in the spring training. And now you got Bra Hannigan, good old Handy, going down – like you said, Jess, earlier, that weird play ended up getting a foul ball. Was it a foul? No, it went off of... Um, hit by a pitch. Hit by a pitch. Went off of... I don't, do you remember who's hitting? I don't yeah, remember. it was Mark Teixeira off his wrist off Hannigan's hand. Yeah, Teixeira got hit off the wrist. Went off directly on Hannigan's hand. Um, part of that was Hannigan's fault because his hand was, was not behind his back like it should have been yeah, when he was catching. It was, out, it was out in the open. But um, still a weird play nonetheless because the odds of that happening aren't great anyway. No, definitely. But, um, so he... he was put on the 60-day DL, had surgery, um, and now he's not expected back till at least after the All-Star break, at the earliest, is right after the All-Star break. So they uh, decided to call up good old uh, Blake Swihart. And like you said, he made his Major League debut over the weekend, got his first Major League hit out of the way in his first game, which is big. And look, this guy's going to be great. I know it. We know he's going to be great. Um, he has an athletic body, which is great for, for it to be a successful catcher. It's athletic helps you block the ball behind the plate better. Um, usually it makes your career last longer because you're not as pudgy, so it's not as much wear and tear on your knees. Um, this guy's going to be a contactor, but can pop the ball out. We, we all know the logistics of Blake's Whitehart. My concern is, did they call him up too soon? Well, here's what I think about it. I wouldn't have wanted him to come up this soon normally, but nobody expected Vasquez to get hurt and... Once he got hurt, you wouldn't expect your other catcher, Hannigan, to get hurt as well. It's not it's not often that two catchers get hurt for a long period of time over a over a bunch of months. So it's it really just kind of fell into place. And I, I mean, I hope he's ready, but it makes sense because you have this guy who's one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball, and here you go, your two catchers are get <laughs> get hurt for all, the whole year and most of the year. And now you're sitting here with Swihart. Like, why wouldn't you bring him up? It's just it's would you? Sense. Wouldn't you consider uh, calling Quintero up and letting uh, Swihart stay down in AAA and be the everyday catcher, no questions asked, and just keep getting reps? Well, that makes sense to see if Quintero is capable of anything. But I mean, we know his, his history and Sandy Lynn's history, and they're they're pretty poor hitters. And obviously, the Red Sox, if your pitching already isn't that good, you don't want to have one spot in the lineup basically guaranteed out. So I think yeah. I think that's what they that's why they did it because they want, they know Swire it's a good hitter and they figure he's still better even at this ripe age than those other two guys are to have a better spot of hitting in the lineup. Well, I will say he looked comfortable at the plate, Jess. He really did. Um, he he kept, he had nice long at bats. He nine nine pitches kept, for his first at bat. Exactly kept some eyes off, kept some um some swings off of tough pitches to lay off for even veterans. So. Look, he's he's fine. I think he, I think at this point it's you kind of have to. Um, they must they must have seen something in AAA. He, what was he hitting? He was hitting three something in AAA, like three forty something or something crazy like that. That's pretty solid. So clearly they see that they think he's ready to be up here, um, especially considering the circumstances. But just now, do we consider the Red Sox regretful at all for not going after Salty? Um, he I know tomorrow. He officially will go on to waivers if he, if the Marlins cannot find a trade partner for him. Do, should the Red Sox have made more of an effort to go after Salty? And now do they regret it because now they have the situation that they're in? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I would 
I would say... You should be sorry. <laughs> Stop coughing. Like right the second I started talking, it's like, <laughs> um, I would say, I want to say that they'd be sorry, because he was here and people liked him and everything, but the way I see it is if they if they got him here, based on how he's hit so far, it would probably just be the same thing as having Leon or Quintero catching every day, because as we know, Salty was hitting 69 this year, 2 for 29, <laughs> terrible. Just awful, just just right awful next to his batting. Yeah, Doesn't put a number down. exactly, and that's the same thing as those guys, so like, you're basically running in the same situation. So I don't think they regret that, because I don't think it would have changed much. I would have liked to see him only because it would have gave a little bit of veteran presence. Um, I'm not mad about it by any means. I don't think it's like going to make or break the situation here. But I wouldn't have minded them going after him. But again, he, he was inconsistent at the plate, his, and his defensive catching wasn't to go brag about and worth his offensive struggles. He did hit pretty well while he was here, but I don't think coming back to Boston would just automatically click back into the 300s batting average. So I, I don't think it's really a big deal. I think. At this point, you kind of let Swihart play till the All-Star break, see what he's got, and you never know. The Red Sox might have a tough situation in their hands when um, Hannigan comes back. You might see Sandy Leon be gone if, you, if they think Swihart can come back here and be the uh, backup catcher. Yeah, it's like, who do you... What, what, if not, he could, be the, he could become the everyday catcher at come the All-Star break. If he plays well and Hannigan comes back, you could right. see Hannigan go back into that backup catcher role, which he was supposed to be until Vasquez got hurt, and send Leon packing, and... Let Swihart be your everyday guy. So you That's never exactly know. Exactly. I was say, like, what, if Swihart's so good, make Hanning in the backup. That'd be interesting. So you got plenty of baseball. He's going to be up here now for a while. He's, he might be up here to stay. Um, you got about, about two months now of baseball, of just Swihart catching most most of the games, probably. So um, keep an eye out. You, you, this is the guy's the future. He's what twenty three years old. Yep. This guy's the best catching prospect in the game. Um, you get a chance to watch him every night if you're here in the Boston area, Red Sox fans. So just kind of enjoy it. Um, go. We're going to go ups and downs with him in his process, but just kind of enjoy what you see because this guy's going to be it. He's got five tools. And I hate to use the old cliche of that, Jess, but he really is a five-tool player. You can see it already. Yeah, between his speed and his catching ability, and clearly he's a great hitter. It's like, it's, it's, it's good news. I'm, I wasn't excited to see him because I didn't expect him to come up so soon, so I didn't really like prepare myself for it. But now that he's here, I'm ready. I'm ready to see him play. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Obviously, I was really happy to see Vasquez get the chance this year, but now that Swihart's up here, I'm intrigued to see what we got and, and get the kid going. But, uh, Jess, we're almost out of time here, so we're going to get going here to the final segment of the show this week on Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio, and it's going to be a preview. We gave you what happened this past week. The Red Sox are looking forward to bounce back from that. Um, this week, they have three versus the Rays at home, and then they start after that, they end the long road trip there, and then they go and start a nice long road trip after the homestand. Starting at three, I think it's three against Toronto, and then next week they are on the West Coast yep, playing three Seattle and open. And four well, against Seattle. We'll preview that next week on Red Sox beat, but that's just kind of where they're going. That's where the road trip's starting. They're going to Toronto, and then they're out west. So get, be prepared to stay up long nights if you want to watch all the games here, folks. Um, but yeah, so let's look forward to this week, Jess. Here we got three against the Rays. Um, Monday night game right now just underway as we're about to finish here recording. Um, what, what do you look forward to in both these series? I look forward to a sweep against the Rays because I th- payback, baby. I think that they're going to be angry about not even about what happened in the Rays series before, just about just what happened in the Yankees series, losing three in a row at home. I know nobody's going to be happy about that. I think the veterans in the club, Ortiz, Pedroia, people like that, are going to say that we're not we're not putting up with getting swept by the Yankees at home. It's like this crap's not going to be happening. I think they're going to come out firing in the. Uh, and the race series since it's still home, three more games at home. I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to sweep them. 
Yeah, I think they're going to sweep the Rays. I do. Woo! The Rays are a bad. The Rays. I'm with. I'm on board that because the Rays are a bad team, and I know the Red Sox are having their struggles, but they're not going to lose four in a row. They're probably going to win Monday night. I mean, I'm my prediction. They're going to win every night, but um, I don't see them losing to the Rays again. They're just a bad team. Pitching's not Better there than us right now, but uh, <laughs> well, I know. But my point is, it's not there just like ours is. But the difference is, we have a much better offensive lineup than they do. Their only guy they really have to worry about is Evan Longoria. Right. We have a top to bottom great offensive lineup, and they're due to get, to go off on some runs here. Jess, they really are. Um, our yeah, Red Sox. So I think I think they're going to go off this series. I think they're going to sweep the Rays. I think obviously the big guy to just keep after Evan Longoria is the big one for. Um, the Rays, same thing as always, because that's all they really have. Just keep him in check, and you're probably going to win. Here's a note, a Rays note, too. They put Desmond Jennings in the DL as well, so don't worry about it. Even more of a factor than left to worry about as well. Yeah, the pitching matchups are tonight, Clay Buchholz against Jake Odorizzi. I hope Buchholz win. can, can uh, bounce back because Odorizzi's had a better year so far. But On Star Wars night yes, at Fenway Star Park. May the fourth be with you, everyone. Right. So, Buchholz against Odorizzi. You got tomorrow, you got... Uh, Rick Porcello against Drew Smiley. Win. And then on Wednesday, the pitching matchup is Alex Colome for the uh Who? For the Rays. Who is that? Uh, he's a starter for them. He's That's a win. He's won, That's he's, a win. I don't even know who that is. He's pitched one game this year. He uh, five innings, no runs actually, but That's a win. I don't know who that is. That's a win. Who did he play who did he pitch against? Uh the I just had it. Orioles, actually. Yeah, it's a win. We got it. All right. Justin Masters and pitching for the Red Sox in that game. So those are three ah, matchups okay. there. So we're both calling a sweep in that. All right. So get three back there. And they're going to head out on the road and lose focus a little more. Beginning of a long road trip, they're going to be a little less motivated. And I'm going to have them losing two out of three to their Jays. I note also they have Thursday off again this week. Yes. Which is weird. But two two weeks off, two weeks in a row with a day off on Thursday – um, I have them winning two out of three against the Jays this week. I'm being optimistic this week. I'm always um, optimistic, so I want to go a different way this time. <laughs> I'm gonna be optimistic. They're gonna take two out of three against the Jays. Um, Five and one heading into the West Coast trip because the West Coast trip is gonna be difficult. Just just a quick tidbit: they're playing Seattle, who's been playing great, playing Oakland, who's always a tough out for them, and they're playing in Oakland. I like them to get some wins here before they go on the um, the West Coast trip. They know it's coming. They're gonna play a little harder. Um, so, yeah, I like them taking two out of three against the Jays. Obviously, Bautista to watch out for. Jess, what are the pitching matchups for the Jays series? Uh, pitching matchups, they are all all set here. So, uh, Friday is Wade Miley against Aaron Sanchez. You know, Miley had a pretty good start last time. Sanchez. That's a, that could be an iffy. That could be the loss because it's Wade Miley. Yeah, Sanchez has been shaky, though. They expect him to be really good. But he has 21 strikeouts and 20 walks, which is bad. So good. we're looking at we're looking up for an offensive throwdown. Yeah, maybe a wild a wild <laughs> on wild Friday. Game there. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Joe Kelly against Drew Hutchison. Yep, uh, that was actually okay. the matchup that already happened this year, and they both gave up a lot of runs. Kelly gave up five, and Hutchison gave up six. So fireworks Friday and Saturday night in Toronto. If you're going to check those out, <laughs> and then Sunday's Clay Buckholz against R.A. Dickey. So maybe more fireworks because at the moment Buckholz is one and three, and Dickey's zero oh and three. <laughs> so fair saying, terrible pitching, fireworks in Toronto. Um, it's summertime, so fitting. Go out there and watch the spectacle after the game, even maybe. Get extra innings of fireworks, who knows. But needless to say, when the pitching is equally as bad like that, Jess, I like to win. I like the wins, because if they're both pitching isn't great, our offense is just going to tee off. Yeah, Brandon, I know I Tor- Toronto's okay, offense right. is, a, is, is better than the Rays, 
but I think that they're going to tee off on some pitching. I think you're going to lose the Joe Kelly matchup because Joe Kelly hasn't pitched great. And Joe Kelly hasn't learned how to pitch. He only throws as hard as he possibly can. So until Joe Kelly can manage a baseball game, hit his spots, maybe learn to take some off his fastball to paint the corners, they're going to lose. So I, I like them to lose the middle game there Joe, against Joe Kelly. So that'll be Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, whenever that time that game is. Um, either way, they're not on Sunday night baseball next week, are they? No. no. Good. You like you like my you thoughts know. for the series, though. I think that because I know you love crapping on Clay Buckles, and since I think he's going to pitch well tonight, I'm going to have the Red Sox winning the first, uh, winning the. Uh, sorry, I have him winning, losing the first game, and then winning the winning the second and losing the third because Buckles is pitching the third, and I have him being inconsistent and dropping dropping a game after, yes. after he hopefully wins tonight. Yes, my sir. Fitting on May the May fourth. Welcome to the dark side, my friend. <laughs> Am I turning in Clay Buckles? I don't want to, but it's hard. I like it. You just did. You just did. Hard. Welcome. It's hard to have a lot of faith in him. It just is. Yes, I am your father. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. Join the Sith. Right. And the Sith is hating on Clay Buckles. Um, I hope you're right. Though. I'm, I'm being. I'm changing. I, I'm, I'm getting a warm heart this week and saying we're going to win a Clay Buckles start. Not saying he's going to pitch well, but I'm saying they're going to win. Yeah. Um. So that uh, that being said. We're gonna end the show there. That was a good good way to end it. Um, lot lot going on, obviously, with the, the rough week beforehand. But that being said, Jess, we got an interesting week ahead, like we just previewed. I expect some wins. I, I'm expecting them to only lose once, so hopefully they don't lose tonight, or they get a win uh, five in a row there. Yeah. I got them going four and two, so that's good too. Uh, but yeah, so great show today, sports fans. Uh, you want to engage with your favorite CLNS personalities? Download the Reach app today for. The iPhone and Android. Are you a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, and or Patriots? Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show and our hosts will ask the questions. Maybe your answer will get heard on air. Download the Reached app today at www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS. And it's R-E-A-C-H-T app if you don't if you don't know the spelling. Um, it's a great partner. We ask questions every day. Um, so check it out. It's an, a great partnership we have going along with our Red Sox coverage here on Red Sox Speak for CLNS Radio. Jess, good show, my friend. Good job. Absolutely. Way to withstand the heat outside today. It's, it's good. I got the windows open. The breeze is coming in. I'm feeling good and hoping for a win tonight. It's nice. So uh, until next week, another great week of baseball ahead. we got 80s most of the week here in Boston. So if you're in Boston listening, enjoy the weather. If you're anywhere else, hopefully your weather's great. I'm sure it is for most of the country. But anyway, enjoy the week of baseball in Red Sox Nation. Um, until next week, for Jess Thomas, my co-host, I am Jared Skelly, of course. See ya. Go Sox.